for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Hello. I hope you're having a good day. It's good to be with you here. I'm John Smyser and coming to you from Southern California. Uh, today was a beautiful day. Uh, it was sunny and bright. I don't know where it, what it's like where you're at. Uh, uh, maybe it's cloudy and overcast and drizzly. But you know what? It's God's creation. And isn't that wonderful that we can live in and be blessed by His creation? And always know, even if there's a challenge, He's there to lift us up. Today, I um, am recalling what's the passage we're looking at. It reminds me of some of my earlier years, back in the 60s, uh, uh, during my college time in life, when there was a, a large movement of the Christian or the Jesus people in the resurgence of Christianity. And there was a, a, a little booklet from Campus Crusade that showed three different circles. One was a non-believer. The other was a believer but didn't allow God to have control of their life. And then finally, the last little circle represented the life of a believer with Jesus on the throne. And that's what we're going to look at today. Uh, as we look at Moses, as he approaches Pharaoh, and we're going to see who Pharaoh thinks is on the throne. Because in ways so often his life represents the way we think and act. That we maybe wonder, who's really on the throne of my life? Who's in control of these situations? Today, as we are going to listen to God's word being read to us, I encourage you to listen and tell me in a minute who it is you think is on the throne in this reading with regards to Pharaoh. Let's listen. Exodus chapter 5 verses 1 through 14. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are now numerous, and you are stopping them from working. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw. But require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they are crying out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. 
make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. Then the slave drivers and the overseers went out and said to the people, This is what Pharaoh says, I will not give you any more straw. Go and get your own straw wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced at all. So the people scattered all over Egypt to gather stubble to use for straw. The slave drivers kept pressing them, saying, Complete the work required of you for each day, just as when you had straw. And Pharaoh's slave drivers beat the Israelite overseers they had appointed, demanding, Why haven't you met your quota of bricks yesterday or today as before? So did you hear it? Who thought they were in charge? Who thought they were on the throne? It opens up here at this first uh, little bit that Pharaoh is going to receive some directions from Aaron and Moses. It says afterwards, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh. Well, well wait a second, let me go back. Afterwards, after what? Well, over the last few days in our reading, we have seen Moses come into the presence of the Lord at a burning bush, stepping onto holy ground. We've seen that God called and commissioned him to go and be the one who would deliver his people, the Israelites, from the bondage they had experienced for 400 years in Egypt. And that at the time, Moses had kind of neglected some of the really important things that he needed to be about, such as the significant circumcision of his sons in relationship so that they were part of the covenant people, the people of God. The covenant had been given to Abraham some time ago. Now, at this point, after those things, they come to Pharaoh, and it says, uh, and they said to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go so they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. You know, you understand the situation. For Pharaoh was one of the deities. No, in fact, he was the deity. Uh, he was the personification of divinity on earth. The gods that he worshipped, he was the leader of them all. He himself was God. In this way, when Moses comes in and says, well, there's a, there's a Lord and God of the Israelites who asks you or commands you to let his people go. And I love his response. Who is this Lord that I should obey him? He, he was not ready at all to, to listen to any kind of uh, re request or uh, command by Jehovah God. You see, at this point, Pharaoh had lost touch on what was really important. He thought he was the big gun. It goes on here at this point. Then they said, The Lord of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness and to offer sacrifice to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. When the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, 
Why are you taking the people away from the laborer? Get back to your work. You see, Pharaoh had a work project he was working on. He had a building that he had to get done. He needed bricks, and that's what these folks were there to do. His slaves, those in bondage, the Israelites, were there to provide for him the resources to accomplish what he intended to build. He didn't care about anybody else. He didn't care about another God. What is that God all about? As we know, we'll see in just a few future days, he'll understand how does Jehovah fit into the program? How does he really uh, accomplish his work and will? How does he show to Pharaoh that, Pharaoh, you aren't all that? I wonder at times where we think we are. Are we the ones in charge? So often today, whenever we think about a challenge or a project or something we're, we're working through, we, we think of going to God, usually the last thing on the list. First off, we're going to analyze it. We're going to work hard. We're going to determine what needs to be done. And at that point, who's in charge? Well, we're sitting up on that throne. We haven't called on the Lord God to help us with our projects for uh, work, for family, for relationships, for church. No, no, God, don't worry about this. We're, we, can, we can work it out. We'll take care of it. Don't you worry, God. And suddenly we push him off the throne and we climb right up on top. And that's exactly what Pharaoh was trying to do reject God. And we find that so often a life that rejects God really crumbles. It really goes downhill at this point. As you and I know, when we try to do it ourselves, well, let me just tell you about me. For me, when I try to do it in my own effort, in my own strength, with my own decisions, quite often it's the worst thing I could do. And it ends up horrible. And at this point, I need to really grow in my understanding that continually I need to give God, Jehovah, Yahweh, that control in my life. I need to let him be in charge in everything I do. Who's on the throne for you? There's a portion now that Pharaoh is so upset that he's going to be uh, taking away from the workers that he has the very thing that they need to create the bricks because he wants to show them who's really in charge here. You know, they think they have a God that's going to take care of them. Pharaoh's going to show them, and in these next few verses, we see him uh, require of the slave drivers that the same amount of product is produced every day and that they are doing it with less than adequate resources. At times, we may feel like we don't have adequate resources. We may feel like we don't uh, have what we need. And at that point, we need to call on God. Today, I want to encourage you, whatever the circumstance, let God have that control of the throne.
Let him be there in that place. Heavenly Father, we ask you today to work in our lives. Lord, may you be glorified. May we see you as the one who can provide in every way for our lives. As the Israelites had heard about you, and they struggled now at this point with the challenge that they're facing, that Pharaoh is so angry that he takes away what they need. Lord, what do we need to depend on you for? Where is it that we can look for you to provide rather than someone else to guide us and work in our lives? Lord, today I pray that you would truly touch our hearts and encourage us and renew us, Lord, that we would follow you and know that you, being on the throne of our lives, truly is the best thing for us. In your precious name, amen. Oh uh-huh.